Hey guys, it's the MPG Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Josh Mosler. This week, I got Charles Sells from the PIP Group. What's up, Charles? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Good. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful day in Savannah today. <laughs> yeah, it is real nice. That's the thing I love. So when we moved here, because I'm originally from Michigan, mm-hmm. now it gets to be like October like this, and my family's like freezing, right? and I'm like, you guys, you guys yeah. got to move down. 88 degrees today in October. I mean, how could you be unhappy with that? <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, let's just get into it. The first question I like to ask everybody is, um, so you turn 18, you just starting out. What is the path from then till right now? So it was kind of a crazy path. So turn 18, I'm going to school in Colorado. I'm skiing more than I'm actually going to school. Um, came back to Atlanta. Uh, I was bartending, if you've ever heard of Wild Wing, I was bartending and managing the second ever Wild Wing Cafe um, uh, that was opened up in Buckhead, Georgia, and I was making good money there. My girlfriend at the time was working for um, a company that was investing in tax liens, and this is going to date me a little bit. But uh, uh, they needed somebody to come in just hourly and stuff envelopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is, this is pre-internet times, you know. Um, so, so literally, I was uh, during the days I'd go into their office and I'd stuff envelopes. Uh, they were, you know, looking for new investors in, in tax liens. Uh, so that's how I ended up first getting introduced to the business, and I really was intrigued by it. Uh, so I actually went and worked for them, doing more than just stuffing envelopes. Uh, I actually started uh, working in their real estate department, offloading properties in Mississippi and Illinois and and other places like that uh, and attending their auctions for them in those states as well and just really was intrigued by it. It was pretty cool. Uh, at, at that point, you know, we've gone from me being 18 to me being 22, 23. And it was a mom and pop shop, and they were going through a nasty divorce, and it created an opportunity essentially for me. Uh, the clients are going down the tubes. Uh, there was a few really good ones that they had, uh, and uh, I basically just you know said, "Hey, I can do this. You work with me all the time, anyhow. How about you just come with me?" And that's how we started. And uh, that was that was four clients and four thousand bucks. Uh, you know, and the investments were probably less than. $20,000 a piece. Um, and uh, to date, in the last five years, we've done uh, $80 million in business. Wow. Yeah. So That's it, it's been a hard road. You know, I mean, there was times I was working three jobs at a time. Uh, I moved down to Savannah in 2000. Um, and the goal in 2000 was to get into the fix and flip business. And, and I was doing um, higher end stuff while we were building up the tax lien business. And um, and then the economy just, you know, essentially tanked. Uh, so I was working, I was trying to do these beautiful Victorian homes, and obviously those just stopped selling. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I was working down here, you know, doing just odd end stuff as we, as we continued to build up the business. Um, we were doing mostly at that time tax lien investments in the state of Illinois uh, and Georgia. Uh, and that was, our, that was our, pretty much our bread and butter. Uh, I had a partner at the time because when I started, I was so young mm-hmm. um, that uh, uh, I wasn't credible. You know, I needed a face in front of the company. Yeah. Uh, so I had a partner who had just retired out in California. He was actually a client of mine, uh, and I bought him out in in uh, late 2015, and that's when we really, really ramped up our fix and flip business. And um, you know, like we like we said, we're doing you know anywhere from last year we did 60. We're on target right now to do 80 in 2020 
So what year was that that you were working for that tax link company? Like what year did you really start then when they kind of went down the tubes and you picked it up? That was 98. So I am fascinated by this. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, for those that don't know, let's also do this. So what exactly is a tax lien company? Like you guys were just specializing in investing in places, pl- property that had tax liens on it? Correct. Okay. Yep. And you were, I'm guessing in, the, in 98, that information was not available online. No, it was not available online. So it was all, the due diligence was go spend 20 hours at the courthouse, uh, you know, three days ahead of the auction. Uh, and all the auctions were live. Uh, so you'd go up to Illinois and you'd spend three days doing your due diligence uh, inside the records department. Uh, and, and in some cases, depending on how large the lien was, you'd be doing drive-bys as well. Um, same for, for everywhere. I remember way back in the early days, uh, you know, he was investing uh, in, in South Carolina as well. This was long before we ever moved down here. And you know, I'd go to Charleston and sit in their office for a week uh, just doing doing research because it was all paper, <laughs> all on paper. So you're going through these giant, you know, books of, you know, that old, um, I don't even know what it's called anymore, you know, the big giant green and white paper that, that comes out like that. Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and other people had already been there, so it's all marked up and got craziness going on it. And I mean, it was it was... It was an interesting time. I thank God for the internet. Otherwise, we wouldn't have grown the way we have. <laughs> so, um, when the everything tanks, you immediately move here. Then, like to this area. Yeah. And yeah. then, so what did it look like in the beginning when you guys were first starting? So, like, how many properties did you do that first year? Do you remember? Uh, so when we first moved to Savannah, or when I first moved to Savannah, uh, we just had two or three that we were working on at a time. Um, and at that time, we were simultaneously ramping up our Illinois tax lien business. Um, and, uh, that, that was really the bulk of our business. And, and unfortunately what we're still known for, uh, is, is, you know, being a tax lien specialist, which at first we were, but the way it it evolved is, you know, if you're going to be an investor in tax liens, you got to know how to flip properties too, because you're going to end up with the title, right? you know, uh, and and, in a lot of circumstances. So you got to know how to make the repairs and and what those repairs cost and how to do them and and everything else. Um, So it just, it became a, okay, we're not a taxing specialist. We're a distressed real estate specialist. Uh, So as long as it's not commercial and it's distressed, our hands are on it. When, um, so on those tax liens, were in the beginning, were you doing all the work yourself? Uh, I, w- I was I was hiring crews um, to help uh, because we were attending so many auctions in Illinois. Uh, yes, I was in Illinois, uh, you know, three months at a time um, doing the auctions myself. But also we had guys that would do them for us and actually still do them for us. The same guys. Uh, Dang, so yeah, loyal. I mean, you don't get that very often. Right? Guys work with somebody for 20, 30 years. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of one of our best. He's he's a lawyer. Uh, and he was just coming out of law school and he's like, I love this. Uh, he's like, I want to, I want to do this more, you know? And, and he's a bit of a, um, you know, he likes to people push people's buttons and, and Illinois tax sales is a great place to push people's buttons. <laughs> uh, it's all mind game, you know? So it's, it's getting under their skin and making them overbid or right. not question what they're doing and, and, Oh, you shouldn't buy that one or, Oh, you just got a winner. Uh, you know, it's, it's a mind game. 
I never thought of that. So, like, really only half the battle is the due diligence. You yourself have to go to the auction, and that is a strategy in itself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You have to go to the auction. Um, sex sells. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, people have a much harder time uh, overbidding a woman than really? a man. Yes. They, they have a harder time, uh, you know, being sarcastic and kind of crass, uh, which is part of the magic, if you will, that goes into bidding at an auction. Um, a lot of people don't understand or see that side of it until they're actually in that room, uh, and, and see it, see it going on. And it, I mean, it, for all the big guys that do it, you know, they're, they're professional at it. We're professional at it. Uh, but it took, it took, you know, a couple of years for us to, to, you know, learn the game, if you will, you know, and, and understand your, your competitors, cause it's the same guys everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and understand how they, they try to play those mind games on you. Wait, so the same guys that you compete against in Illinois, you compete against here? Like at the tax sales? So, so not in Georgia, but we see them at Beaufort County. Um, when we were in Mississippi, we saw them in Mississippi. Uh, so, yeah, that's the, it's, it's the same guys that are going to all these things. That's pretty crazy. I didn't right. know that they had national companies like that for tax sales. Right. Like I mean, it's, 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 it's funny because real estate's a massive industry, right? Yeah. But when you go, when you go to uh, like a a real estate event or an expo, it's all the same faces. We call it the most incestual business uh, or industry that's out there. <laughs> I mean, people that I, are my competitors, they've hired my staff away. I've hired their <laughs> staff away. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. We were actually, I was talking to my wife just on the way here, and um, uh, there's a company that I, there was another business I had for a while that I started back in 2013, and it was part of the the tax lien side of it. It was it was specifically a, a due diligence company uh, to handle it for large hedge funds and whatnot. And the guy who built our um, our our tax lien management software uh, is now working with my ex partner uh, in that other company. Uh, and so they've made this big launch that that uh, you know they they've got this great streamlined due diligence company. Uh, and, and it's just funny cause you know, he's, he's still got our software or we still use him for our software and now he's with my, my ex partner <laughs> on another venture. So it's, it is, it's a very incestual business. <laughs> you know, I found also thing that's kind of weird about real estate is, um, real estate is something we all interact with. Right. And in most industries where you, where everybody interacts with it, you know, the biggest players, right? Right. Like. Everybody knows who the big cell phone manufacturers are. Everybody knows Clorox, right? Whatever. Yep. But not like real estate, you almost never know who the biggest players are. Right. Unless you're like in the market, right? Yeah. 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 And and in a lot of cases, you know, you, you kind of want to be under the radar. Um, Why is that? Why would you say that is? I think because everyone wants to know your secrets, if you will, as to how you're able to scale up like that. Um and and it is hard. I mean, we 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 take we take it on the chin, you know, quite a bit. Uh, you know, I, it, if you see some of some of my stuff online, I mean, I I freely admit we lose on about seven percent of everything we buy, but we buy so much volume uh, that it makes up for it and, and then some. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's it's everyone right now, especially you know, they want to do this type of business. It's cool. It's fun. It's interesting. It's different every day, but it's really hard. Uh, it's a really hard business. Um, so, so I think, I think we all kind of keep our cards close to our chest. 
uh, for that reason. Um, you know, if we're buying on a specific street, uh, we want to own that street. Right. Uh, you know, and and we don't want somebody undercutting us. So so you know, we we try to. It seems like 2018, 2019 was the year of the wholesaler. Uh, the wholesalers just came out of the woodworks, and and you know, for every hundred, one is decent. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's where we were born, right? Like, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's such a low barrier to entry. We were actually just talking about this last week is like, they, they, this is going to be unpopular, but they really should do something about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't normally push for government intervention and like, I don't know how I can like make that with my ideals, but the fact of the matter is, is like, there's a lot of, because the barrier to entry is so low, there's a lot of subpar. Out oh there, yeah, and they they really can hurt people, right? Like because you plan your whole life around selling your house for cash to this person, right? Who never gets rid of your deal, or right. never gets rid of your house. Yep. I mean, it's yeah. it is it is. Um, I haven't released it yet. I haven't put it out, but I've got a presentation that just it's a hard dig at wholesalers because it it's bad for the industry um, and where they came from. You mentioned you know government intervention. They have stepped in a little bit. Uh, um, you know the the group that you know you hear the commercials all the time, uh, using other people's money, doing it in your spare time, blah blah blah. Uh, those guys are actually under under a um, an indictment now, uh, which is why you haven't heard them here uh, for for quite some some time. Well, that and COVID, right? Uh, but uh, but you're not even seeing them try to do any efforts online. Yeah, I was wondering actually. I didn't notice that that had dropped off significantly in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So, so somebody sent me the the indictment uh, probably about a year ago, and again, uh, you know, it's it was the publisher of, of one of the big magazines. He's like, "Hey, check this out." You know, I'm like, "Ah, oh, cool, finally." <laughs> you know, finally, because they, they've been they've been a thorn in our side. You know, they yeah. they really have. I mean, it's when they when they would come to town. We'd be like, all right, cool. Next week's uh, auction is going to be, you know, it's going to be a blown auction, you know. And and the guys that are there every week, uh, they would still show up, but it just we would just shake our heads like, come on, guys, you just, you know, you're getting caught up in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to lose big. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to harp too much on wholesalers because we do buy a lot from them now. Um, but again, it's a one percent club. Uh, you know, the other, probably not even that. You know the most of them are just they're just a joke and and um you know with our, our marketing director dylan uh he's got us wrapped up in a lot of the of the social uh, of these guys and so obviously it it, it uh, comes through on my feed and you know, some of these questions that they ask it's like stop before you even get started uh you know yeah. <laughs> don't don't go and say that you're going to give some guy 500 dollars and not be able to sell his house uh, yeah. it's I um so when I used to before I really started in the media stuff I was I would listen to like guys like Ryan Dossie guys like that or mm-hmm. you know some of the big names and they'd always say like yeah you know once I started doing media like I get all these like like these terrible questions and I was thinking like yep I mean who's gonna ask me you know what I mean right which I mean there's no such thing as a dumb question but like if you can figure it out on YouTube yeah like, just just like do a couple Google searches before you right yeah <laughs> it's, it's true I, and I mean some of them are just you know they just blow my mind and and when I got into this business. You know, it was it was the years of Carlton Sheets. You know, he remember he would he would sit on the front of a big boat uh, and talk about you know rags to riches stories and 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 all that. And all he was pitching was you know different ways of getting into real estate through tax liens and that sort of thing. But it it you know it was it was it was one of those things where you know I was never going to be a a 
teacher, mentor, or coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been in this business so long that I've been asked many times to, you know, you, we need to pull extract what's in your head, uh, you know, and and put it in a package, and we need to sell that package, and you're gonna make a ton of money. I'm like, I'm I'm fine right now. <laughs> I'm fine, and and the knowledge I have is is staying in here because. You, I don't really believe you can you can teach a lot of the things that are out there. You have to just go do it. Yeah, you know, it, it's just experience, and and that goes that goes today too. I mean, we had um, you know, this this is kind of crazy, uh, but you know, we've had we've had weird things happen. We've had um, you know, we had a property where uh, we had foreclosed on it, um, or the bank had foreclosed on it. We were waiting for the people to get out of it. And the mother was so distraught and distressed that um, uh, she killed her child. Uh, yeah, and uh, in the house, and um, you know, so all the neighbors came to us and said, "You can't, you can't sell this house." We tore it down. We tore, tore it down. We tore it down. I mean, it wasn't a huge investment, but they're like, "You need to tear this place down. This is terrible. You know, this this can't happen." So you know, you get you get crazy things like that. Just in Savannah, two weeks ago. Uh, not two weeks ago. Um, I was in Mexico, so that was uh, mid-August. Uh, we we're in, me- in Mexico. My project manager calls me. And he's like, "Hey, uh, somebody just hung themselves over at East 39th. I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Like one of our contractors, or just a random person?" It's like, "No, just a random person." I'm like, "What?" They just broke into one of your projects and hung themselves. Yeah. It's just so so you have you get these things that you know you you see. Our point is that you know you see all the glitz and glam about it uh but but there's a lot of ugliness that goes on with it too uh and you know we've we've kind of taken the direction of we're not going to sell you know high pitch high price coaching programs and workshops because quite honestly i don't think they work um the most of them are come sit down for a free workshop and we're going to upsell the crud out of you yeah you know and and by the time you walk out of here you're going to have a maxed out credit card so that was never, never my my gig, and, and it's still to this day it, remind, it, it isn't ever going to be um, because it's hard. It's a hard business, but uh, yes, it is fun. But you, you definitely have challenges like like that where it's like, well, you know, what, what's the right thing to do here? Uh, you don't want to put people on the streets, but you're also investing money. So it can. Uh, what we're doing in Savannah right now, though, is, is awesome. I mean, we're essentially just rebuilding the city. Uh, yeah, you know, we're re- renovating the city. It was a very distressed, rundown city, and we're literally doing blocks at a time now. And we have <clears throat> probably ten properties on Mississippi. We call them the state streets. We're all over the state streets right now. We've got New York, Iowa. Uh, that's primarily where our focus is right now. And I mean, those were areas you couldn't walk down five years ago. I know a lot of people are really hot on the east side right now, like that. Yeah, that that whole section, like the whole five points, all the way over to Presidents. Yep. Yep. Why do you think that is? What 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 made you guys decide to go there? So like, did you see it coming, or was like, were you, you know, had the party already started when you showed up, or what? Party had party had already started, um, but the city had deployed some some really good uh, buyer incentives uh, to that area. Uh, area it's called the 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 Dreamers Project. Um, essentially, uh, over there you can get. Um, as much as sixty thousand dollars towards the credit of your mortgage, um, uh, as part of the Dreamers package, uh, as long as you stay in the in the property for thirty years or it's paid off 
through the mortgage if you move after 30 years. But if, if, if you're in there for 30 years, it's forgiven. So there's a lot of that going on. But, you know, Atlanta, Savannah's just booming, though. Um, we've probably done three properties in the Dreamers program. Uh, but we are in that area. We've actually just in the last six months, we're starting to move ourselves into west of MLK, which, um, you know, some of the smaller folks around town are like, ooh, that's scary. You know, you're a little you're a little early to the party. Well, I don't think so. No, I don't think so I think so if either. you wait too much longer, you're going to be too late. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so we, we um, you know, before we, we, we started this, we were talking about it. Uh, we, we bought four within... Uh, you know, one block. So literally, we'll 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 transform that block, which is you know the first block off of off of uh, MLK in itself, and then move to another block. I mean, there's so much inventory over there right now. You're talking like Kyler's Brownsville. Um, no, we're so for context. The reason why I ask is because like we love Camp Park. Mm-hmm. I like love Camp Park. I think that that neighborhood's like perfect. Right. It's like reminds me of the East Side kind of like it's like got a little bit going on, but it's not too crazy. Right. You have a lot of people that are elderly that live there, and I think like the people that are and they were living in that community when we were doing some flips over there, they said that um uh, that five ten years ago was really bad, but that they've actually cleaned it up. So now it's like pretty quiet. Like we had no problem like nothing got stolen you know, right right we had, we actually had some stuff stolen today at Duran. but uh but yeah i mean again <laughs> it, it just it just happens you know it just happens it uh and nine times out of ten it's a contractor you've let go or it's a contractor who's let somebody go uh you know but but yeah i love i love where we're going on the west side i mean i i think the way we're doing it is because we are doing it in volume and we're doing you know six homes right on the same block at the same time. I mean, that allows you to, I don't want to use the term manipulate, but it allows you to kind of force the market up a little bit. Um, we were doing that with Mississippi as well, uh, is, is, you know, we were taking properties for 60. Uh, they all had like, you know, detached garages that we then converted into in-law suites. Uh, and, and we were knocking them up to 189. And again, five years ago, they would have sold for 60 repaired. Um, you know, one of my one of my first contractors way back in in the early two thousands, he lived on the uh, on one of those streets, and I felt sketchy every time going in to pick him up. You know, <laughs> so it's 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 definitely coming, it's definitely changing, uh, and and we're excited about it. We figure we got a ten year run here in Savannah before it ends up like a Charleston, uh, you know, where everything's just been cleaned up. Uh, and it almost becomes uh, unaffordable to live, which is where yeah. Charleston was right before the COVID hit. Uh, they were in a predicament where they were being compared to San Francisco as far as uh, cost of living. Uh, so, you know, do I want to see that happen to Savannah? No, but yeah, I definitely want to be a player in the in the market and helping, you know, revitalizing it. That's where, like, um, even if you got outside of Charleston, like, do you guys do anything in Charleston right now then? No, we don't do anything in Charleston. Nothing. Nothing. Um, I, I think I like Charleston, but even if you get outside Charleston, like West Ashley, mm-hmm. um, Goose Somerville, Creek. Goose Creek, all mm-hmm. that stuff, even all that's becoming unaffordable now. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. And those are pretty far. I mean, West Ashley's not, but like Somerville's way outside Charleston. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you even get out to Mount Pleasant after Boeing went in there. Uh, it's not affordable. I mean, we're going to see, uh, some pretty serious market corrections come, uh, once our economy is back on track, uh, I mean, Boeing left laid off so many people at that factory. Oh, they did. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, it's just like Gulfstream. Every year, Gulfstream lays off 
thousand people. Yeah. And then they rehire back a thousand people. I mean, it's it's essentially it's a method of cooking the books. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh, that's not the case with Boeing. It's just you know, Boeing. They're. I mean, they're taking a beating right now. Yeah, they're taking. They're absolutely just getting pummeled to death. Uh, and um, you know, that's that's going to be hard to to recover from. I mean, planes are just parked on tarmacs. Uh, you know, like like abandoned cars. They still haven't put those back in the air, have they? The no, Max. no. Uh-uh. I'm sure people. Oh, got and the Max is. Yeah, and the Max is exactly. I completely. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, those are all still parked. Yeah, those are all still yeah. parked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yo, yeah, I for, So, yeah, they got the Max parked, and then I guess what you were talking about was because of COVID. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. Even thinking of COVID. Yeah. yeah. So they're like. Yeah. They're probably way down. Oh, way down. Yeah. You go to. Uh, my dad was in the airline business, so um, you know, he he uh, he worked for Delta, and and he said, you know, you notice when like uh, if you're at you know Atlanta Hartsfield late at night, you'll notice all the planes are gone um, because it costs them more to park them there overnight uh, than to move them to Savannah Hilton Head, that sort of thing. Uh, it's just essentially the rental fee, if you will. Uh, so so if you go to some of these you know these off-brand airports you'll just see planes just stacked along the runway uh i that, never even knew that yeah That's so crazy. right so and it's because of covid you know they just you know flights are down what like 90 percent or something like that so did you guys nuts. um did you guys change your strategy at all when covid first hit we did um uh we changed where we get our funding and we also changed uh the the um ideology of fix and flip and we're rolling more in the direction of cash flow, buy and hold. Um, uh, we're following the exact same pan- patterns as we did in the last recession, uh, which is, you know, there's going to be a huge spike in rentals as these people get back, their feet back on the ground. Uh, and then it will again become another flip market. So so we're, we're, we're buying a lot right now of, of what we're buying. We intend to probably hold on to uh, for at least three or four years. While this this turns around the recovery, so you think that there's going to be a downtime? I think there's going to be a downtime. I don't think it's going to be like uh, the last recession. I mean, right now things are just absolutely booming. We had um, uh, in mid-April we had 17 closings on the sales side, not on our acquisition side, in one week. Uh, wow! <laughs> so, yeah, so it's like people are sitting at home. Uh, and, and we're noticing uh, in Hilton Head, where we are, is that people are sitting at home going, you know, how do I get out of Manhattan? Uh, yeah. You know, how, my, my job doesn't require me to be in an office. I mean, as far as that concern, the world has changed. Uh, so, so people are going to be continuing to migrate down this way. Uh, so, so, you know, it, it becomes, a, the thought is, 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 you know, the banks right now are at 0%. They're going to take an inventory like they did the last recession. There's no way to avoid that. Uh, so the housing market absolutely has to take a hit. There's no way to get around that. Um, it's, it's going to take a hit, and, and that means lenders stop lending again, and that means cash flows go through the roof again like they did in the last recession. And then we have slow recovery, uh, and, and we get back into to the flip side of things as, as more private capital comes into the into the market. I mean, recovery is all about private private money. Um, you know, if we get into a situation where uh, you know the government wants to step in and and you know everything has to go through a HUD process before it can go to private money, it's going to be a slow recovery. Um, but the private money is there. I mean, people like us 
uh, you and I, uh, we're, we're there to step in. We're doing it now. Uh, so hopefully it stays that way uh, because that'll be, I, I feel that'll be a quicker recovery. Do you think that that fall in the housing market, though, is going to be kind of like pockets versus like the whole country? Like 0809 affected everywhere, right? Right, right. But like in places like New York, San Francisco, like you are seeing that drop off in people buying, right? And yep. property values are starting to decrease. Obviously, you know, everything in real estate happens slowly, right? So they're not going to get hit tomorrow. But right. you'll probably really start to notice the effects of that in like two years. Right. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's much of a slowdown in the southeast. No, if anything, it's it's picked up. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. We we were, um, you know, we don't we don't do any any we don't do a lot of business uh, over on in Hilton Head. But you know, if the opportunity pops up, we'll we'll take something personally, not through our company. Uh, we were talking to some friends of ours that are realtors over there, and they're like, you know, last week we had 16 properties under a million dollars to show our clients. This week we have three. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's crazy what's going on. Um, but, yeah, I do see them coming down. I do, to your original question, I do think it's going to be pockets. Um, it, it's funny because, you know, from, from 2012 to March 15th of this year, I always called our investments recession-proof investments, uh, and I laid out this this big list of why I felt that way, and I made a lot of comparisons to Charleston's market. Uh, and you know, I'm gonna have to put my money where my mouth is at this point. You're right. You know, uh, because because uh, if we're gonna see it, I, I I think we're on the right side of it. I think Savannah is one of those those pockets that won't be impacted that badly. I do think we're still gonna have a, a number of. Um, Good cash flow opportunities uh, because there have been so many layoffs, uh, and you know, obviously tourism has taken a beating. Uh, we're the, according to Condé Nast, we're, we're ten years running in Savannah. It's the number four family destination in the country. Dang. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of folks that we aren't even hearing about right now getting getting laid off, and and that's going to obviously impact the city. But uh, you know, hopefully it's a for a place like this. You know, obviously uh, importing hasn't gone down. Um, Savannah in 2019 was the largest exporter, uh, port, if you will. Uh, so, so that's not going down. Those jobs are growing. So, so we have a nice balance here. Uh, you know, where one takes a hit, another one's doing better. Right. I heard something too, like through the first half of this year. I don't know if this is true, but that uh, the port in Savannah did more volume than any other port in the country for the first six months this year. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, which is which is uh, it's awesome. You know that's awesome. Uh, you know some some of the numbers that that um, uh, the the city throws out with their growth and their initiatives and whatnot are, are um, uh, lofty. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. But but, <laughs> but even if it's at fifty percent of that, it's still really good. Yeah. Uh, so so you know I I don't see I don't see people yes in Savannah will be impacted. I don't see us being impacted so much that. Uh, you know, our business is going to slow down. The only thing we've done is change our strategy a little bit uh, when we buy to, you know, hey, we might need to think about holding on to this for a little while. But again, the way we buy is, is the cash flows on a rental are close to double the national average. Uh, and, and they've stayed consistently that way uh, since, since we got into this years ago. So when you buy a property, are you always... Um factoring like multiple outs like are you always like ready to be cash flow no matter what happens or? that is our goal yes um we we like to have the opera you know the 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 strategy that you know if the bottom falls out tomorrow 
we still got a good investment as a rental. Um, you know, or if our numbers are starting to, to peak out a little bit on the flip side, um, that it, that it's going to, to, if we're not able to, to flip it for a good profit, that it's going to bring in a good rent. Uh, and we're in that situation right now, actually here in Savannah for, for, uh, you know, the landings, which is, which is, you know, Savannah's version of, of, you know, resort, Yeah. you know, we have two in there, uh, that we've just been sitting on. They're priced $200,000 below market and we're stuck with them. And again, we, we, we're talking about this today. It's like, well, what will they rent for? Uh, one of them for thirty five hundred, the other one for four four thousand a month. I'm like, let's rent them. Yeah. You know, at this point, we've been sitting on them for so long, and and uh, you know that it's like a boat. If you don't use it, it's going to fall apart. <laughs> uh, so so we we've made the the change that you know this afternoon we'll give it to our 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 local project uh, property management people, uh, so they can rent it out because. Uh, is, is not going to sell clearly right. <laughs> we, yeah. we don't know why because both of them i'd buy uh, tomorrow you know well i own them but i still I guess, yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. as somebody moving to the area i would buy those houses tomorrow i wonder <laughs> if you'll see like a little bit of an influx in inventory out there though because of that new senior home oh. you know, because like a lot of that community is like a little um uh older less so than it used to be yeah right? but you know like i want to be like uh, sensitive here but right yeah but uh, i wonder if that opening up because it's not like a true assisted living right it's like a or it's like a graduated a grad yeah yeah it's like that stop between or whatever yeah so i wonder how many people are gonna be like hey i don't need this big old house like right but i'm still i'm still on the island right yeah exactly yeah. yep i mean you'll see a lot of that um and again i think you'll see a lot of people coming down from the northeast um to just get away from those tax tax rates uh, those are not going down. Um, you know, if anything, uh, New York is going to have to increase. I, I don't. I honestly don't know how they're going to recover at this point. Oh, I don't know either. It's yeah. crazy. I, yeah, their their market is down fifty four percent. That is just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they had what five percent of people have left. Yeah, permanently. Yeah. Permanently. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And same thing going on in California. I mean, it's it's nuts. Uh, so we shall see. I um. We are we're buying we're in the process of buying this lady's house uh, whose mom had passed away here. Either way, she lives in um, Brooklyn, I believe. Mm-hmm. She was telling us I don't know if this is true. This is what she said in July that there's 23 moving trucks per block per day in Brooklyn in July. You're kidding. That's what she said. I don't doubt she said it. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Which is nuts because you know a year ago the Brooklyn market was popping. Yeah, well, it was popping, and and you know I mean that just goes to show what. Uh, you know, regardless of whether you're on the right or left, what bad government does, you know? Yeah. I mean, tax you to death and you'll leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. The proof is in the pudding, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you exactly. You need, like, a little experiment place, like, that's the place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you were once where everybody wanted to be. And, and and look at Texas, who's got almost no Texas. Yeah. And they're, like, exploding. Yep. Tesla yep. just built that new thing there. Uh I heard uh, Charles Schwab. They're based in San Francisco. They're relocating all their employees to Texas. Yep. Yeah. Clearing house. Yeah, I saw. I saw something on that just the uh, just the other day. Actually, I can't remember what the stats were, but I mean, like you said, people are just just running from the state of California as fast as they can, uh, whether it's you know uh, single family or or corporate. Uh, we have some friends, uh, a high school friend who is in um, uh, Santa Monica. 
and you know, she through Facebook, obviously we still talk and, and she's like, you know, the utopia is gone. Uh, you know, what, what once was is, is gone. And they're talking about moving and she's been there 25 years. She went out there to, to model and she worked for MTV back when they actually used to play videos. So, so <laughs> again, that goes to show you how long she's been there. Yeah. Cause I don't think they've played videos in 25 years. It's funny you say that. My uncle was just saying like, it was like Monday. He said that when he was a kid, like that was the land of milk and honey. Never yeah. rains in California. Yeah. Like it's the place to be. It's beautiful beaches. Like, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful people. Yeah. Now it's not. I mean, we'll see if it comes back. Right. Everything's cyclical though. Right. You yeah. think? Cause I mean, it wasn't that long ago that no one wanted to be in the Southeast. Right. Right. And yeah. now, I mean, places like Alabama where people are seeing like crazy returns on investments because like right. things are just flying off the shelf in Alabama. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which I mean, is yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Who would have ever thought? Yeah. Exactly. Like, could you bet that? <laughs> no, no. Not in a million years. I mean, last, last summer we were, we were at a resort in Cancun and, and there was a couple there from, from Alabama. And they said they were telling everybody they're from Mississippi because they were embarrassed to say they're from Alabama. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's really not that much better. <laughs> I don't think you realize what reputation like they have together. Right, it's not exactly. Like... <laughs> and that's kind of kind of one and the same, really. <laughs> I bet you if you told most Americans like which one's Alabama, which one's Mississippi, they couldn't even. Oh no, no, yeah. no way, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, no, they would they, they they wouldn't be able to figure it out unless you're from the southeast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. Um, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this, but I think that what, like the cyclicalness, I think that the Midwest will be like the next, the next spot right now. Right. So for the first, for the last, since 08, really, well, even maybe before that, everybody says, don't invest in the Rust Belt. Don't invest in the Rust Belt. Rust Belt, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. But like you were saying, you guys operate in Illinois. You guys still operate in Illinois? We do. Uh, yeah, we still operate in Illinois. Um, and I know a lot of guys are making great money in Indiana. Yeah, Indiana, they they are still booming. Absolutely, Illinois, Illinois has the the third largest attrition rate as far as moving out of the state uh, in the country. So again, we started out that business as um, you know liens to to redeem quickly, uh, and and you wouldn't have a lot of property. Uh, we have completely changed that strategy this year to say you know what uh, they just they just passed the marijuana laws. Uh, we've seen in every state that has actually been a huge benefactor. So things will come back. Hopefully they can adjust the taxes because they'll tax the crud out of the weed. Yeah. Um, and uh, and but it's going to be a great cash flow play. You know, so we're buying liens now in Illinois for rentals. OK. Yeah. So so that's 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 our business up there at this point. But um you know, if if Chicago can ever get the corruption out of out of its veins, I mean, come on, that's like the <laughs> right? city. Yeah. That's what it was built on. You exactly. think it's ever going to be corrected? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, that would be one thing, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> that's like Detroit. Like, um, you know, because I'm from Michigan. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Detroit was ever going to be like it. Like it was. Like right. it's just too corrupt. It's too right. far gone. Right. Like the suburbs of Detroit are great, and I'm not saying there's not opportunity in Detroit. Like it's never going to be right, and that's how Chicago is. I mean, a lot, you know. Yeah, it's like Gary, Indiana. You know, it's, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it's no way it can ever recover. Exactly, especially with that with the kind of corruption they have going in there. I mean, it's uh, and again, you know, this is a small industry, and and I know the the biggest buyers in the inner city of Detroit market, and a guy that's investing in, in Gary, Indiana, and and you know, I've I've been at many expos with them, and you know, we've shared many cocktails together. Uh, and I just can't, I can't put the math together, you know, how they're making any money. Like, I just, I don't see how you're doing that. You know, it's just, it's, it's a dead stick. 
Well, I think I heard one time, um, oftentimes you can get appreciation or you can get cash flow. It's pretty rare that you can get both, right? Like this market's special in that you can get both. Yeah. But like in the Midwest, you can get pretty significant cash flow. Because I mean, you could pick up a house in in Flint, let's say Michigan, for uh, fifteen fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. yeah. And it's rentable for twenty. So right. Like you're on for forty five, and you could probably get eight hundred out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Like how many other places are you getting that? That's exactly what we're doing in Illinois. Okay. You know, I mean, we're we are all in. For twenty five, thirty thousand uh, dollars, and and renting between six and eight hundred dollars. Do you primarily stay like northern Illinois, southern Illinois? Like, are you? We're country? all over the place. Okay, just yeah, like the whole yeah. state. I mean, we stay out of what we call the 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 collar counties. Everything um, around Cook County. Uh, so we're we're out of the suburbs and, and more into the the cornland, which is what the entire state of Illinois is. Once you get out of yeah, Chicago well, and yeah. the suburbs, um, but. Uh, but yeah, we're doing we're doing really well, really well with those uh, because you know those are all blue collar workers, farmers, offspring of farmers, um, and and you know they're they're not buying, but they're they're renting all day, so it's it's good. Um, so kind of going back, I guess I have another question. So we were thinking about getting into tax liens in the state of Georgia, but what makes me nervous is. Technically, the person that owes the taxes can pay that off up to a year after you've bought it and retake their property, correct? Correct. So how it works in Georgia, right now the flip market here, anyhow, is so good, um, it's not worth the time or the trouble to get uh, the tax liens here. So, so essentially how it works is it, it's pretty clean here. It's, it's, uh, it's 20% penalty on whatever... Uh, you spend at the tax sale. Uh, after you engage in the foreclosure process after one year, uh, you know once you file that paperwork, another 10% is tacked on, uh, including your cost to foreclose. Uh, but yes, they, I mean they, they can redeem that out. But but what makes it challenging for them is that they owe you a 20% penalty on your entire investment. So if you had a, let's say you had a $5,000 tax bill on a $150,000 piece of property. I went to the courthouse and I paid $100,000 for it at the courthouse. Now your tax bill is $20,000. Uh, so if you couldn't pay the five, you're going to have a hard time paying the 20. Right. Um, so, so our strategy in Georgia, because it is, it is time consuming uh, to, you know, to kick it down the road and actually get to a property and then do with it through that, that, that strategy. Uh, so our strategy in Georgia has been let's buy tax liens with mortgages on them. Um, because within 30 days you reach out you say, Hey, you know, you guys are completely upside down in this. Uh, you probably want to go ahead and pay off those taxes uh, because the homeowner has the right as does the mortgage company. Uh, so that was, that was always our strategy. And it was, um, buy things that had mortgages on them. So you knew they were going to redeem. So when you buy a property at the courthouse, that has got a tax lien on it. You're not actually buying the property. You're buying the tax lien. Yeah, so, and then you have to foreclose separately. Yeah, so it's so we it's so weird in Georgia. Uh, it's not as bad as Florida, but in Georgia it, we call them hybrid liens because they actually issue you a tax deed at the sale, but it acts like a lien, so it has a year to pay, pay off uh, before before you can even uh, you know flip the switch to start foreclosure. Oh, so you have to wait for a year once you buy it. Yeah, but it's still twenty percent. I mean, but that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's still twenty percent, though. That's still still pretty good. But uh, 
But yeah, so so I mean, the Georgia lanes are great, uh, but again, the flip market has been so good here, and the rental market has been so good here that we haven't been to, well, technically we've been to the tax sales here because they're the same day as the foreclosure auctions, uh, but um, we haven't bought anything here, in probably four years, okay, at the tax at the tax auction. So what are you primarily doing then, like wholesalers and on market, or like what's your primary strategy? Are you guys find deals on your own? So we're canvassing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a couple of wholesalers that we work with, uh, and then we, I mean, we're at the auction every first Tuesday every month. Uh, we're we're there. Um, I'm not. My wife is because okay. again, sex sells. <laughs> <laughs> so we get we get a lot better deals when she goes than when I go. <laughs> I saw too. She's like a realtor, right, or a broker? Uh, she's a realtor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. then you guys must. She must do all your guys' like sales and all that stuff too. So that just started this year, uh, just in, in um, I think February of this year. Uh, we were just offloading it to, to other agents, uh, but you know, like anything else, they got greedy. You know, we were like, hey, you know, we just gave you four million dollars in sales this year. Can you knock a point down? Yeah. Nope. Okay. Well, then we won't use you. <laughs> I mean, come on. Shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Real bad. Exactly. Yeah. It's like we represent eighty percent of your sales. <laughs> Can we negotiate this? No, my broker won't let me do that. I'm like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was actually talking to uh, when Martin. He was on the podcast. He said something along those lines, which is like. Like if you have a great client and uh, or no, you know it's George Myers. I'm sorry, I'm mm-hmm. like getting all confused. They, he, they both might have said it to be honest, but uh, that like if you have a great client, like knock some points off sometimes. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be like an every time thing, but like if you're starting to accumulate, like if you know it's going to pay off down the road, mm-hmm. it's way less money just to knock a couple points off on this one so that everybody kind of wins than it is to lose that client and lose on all that potential business. Yeah, and then you have to go market yourself again and, and deal with all that nonsense. I mean, in, in 2019, we had to let go, let go, uh, two, two really good agents uh, just for that reason. It's like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to keep putting you know, bread on your table if you're not going to kick me back some dessert. Uh, you know? yeah. So that's essentially what it was. I mean, in one year... Uh, we put over $160,000 in an agent's pocket uh, on two deals. And we asked him, we didn't even ask him to reduce his, his commission. We asked him to reduce his commission when he goes to auctions for us. Uh, so it wasn't even part of his real estate transactions. And he said, no, I'm like, okay. You know, and actually my wife had the conversation with him and she was like, okay, this was the day before the Beaufort County sale. She went and outbid him. Uh, he worked for another client as well, uh, another one of his clients as well, and he lost $15,000 because he wouldn't adjust his rates. Uh, it's like, you know, greed, greed is not something – I love making money. Yeah. But greed uh, greed and uh, – what is what – is, I just lost my train of thought. Um, greed and pride will get you in a lot of trouble in this industry. Oh yeah. yeah, a lot of trouble. Um, so, so I try to keep you know both of those out of the equation. I mean, we're we're very well known within the the industry as a whole. Um, people are really starting to recognize us in Savannah because we've really amped up things here. But you know, I've I've never gone to an event with a chip on my shoulder 
or, or anything like that. Uh, because, you know, you never know when, what tomorrow's going to bring. Yeah. Uh, and you never know if you're going to need that guy. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, for real, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, that's the a-hole from Savannah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we don't want to do that. Do you guys do a lot of events and stuff? Um, so, so we did, we were doing about eight a year. Um, whether it was, uh, speaking at, um, moderating panels or being on panels, uh, we really scaled that back because our, our business at this point is kind of on, um, autopilot. Yeah. Uh, so we don't really need to do them anymore. I still enjoy them, uh, because again, it's, it's a very, for being such a big industry, it's a very small industry. Yeah. You know, everybody there, you know, their families, you know what they're into and what they're doing. Uh, so we really enjoy it on that level. Um, but as far as, as you know, bringing in new clientele, it's not really why we go. It's more of, more of an educational purpose. You know, we like to, we came up with a plan with, well, a few years ago, we call it the guru rescue, which, you know, again, as I said earlier, I'm all about education, not trying to pitch a you know, $50,000 workshop. Yeah. Uh, and, and we came up with a plan where if you invested with us, Whatever you paid to a workshop, we would credit you on the first sale of your first property. So you got it back. Uh, so, I mean, that was our big pitch for a while. And, I mean, everybody in the room is like, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. Uh, it's amazing how these people fall for these programs. Uh, and they'll know, spend tens of thousands. Tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. yeah. I mean, just run, run to the back of the room with their credit card and load it up as quick as possible. And I just sit there disgusted like... These are smart people, you know. If they can run up a credit card for forty thousand dollars, know, they got a nice credit line and a nice income. Yeah, think about know? what you could do with thirty thousand. Like <laughs> if you leverage thirty thousand correctly, exactly. Like, that's yeah. a you're missing out on like so much profit. <laughs> exactly. No, it's it, it's it's nuts. Uh, so so yeah, we were doing a number of events. Uh, we've really really scaled them back because because we were able to, um, and you know now. Uh, because of what's going on, people are getting desperate and they'll basically let anybody to an event. Uh, they're still having them with all this going on. They are? Yeah. They're, they're following the safety protocols. They're doing virtual events, that sort of thing. But again, uh, you know, because they're in the business of expos and being in public, uh, you know, they're, they're letting anybody speak uh, and letting anybody sell. Uh, and, and that's, again, that's something we, we try to disassociate ourselves from. Um, uh, there was years ago, I, I, we were doing a lot of advertising in one of the magazines and, uh, you know, a well-known scumbag in the industry had started doing a lot of advertising in the magazine. Uh, and, uh, you know, they called themselves, their, their catchphrase was the watchdog of real estate. Uh, and I said, well, if you're the watchdog, I'm pulling out. <laughs> because this guy is a scumbag and you're going to find out one day how much of a scumbag he is. And, and that's exactly what happened. They ended up in massive lawsuits with each other and, and it was just, it was a mess. So, so we just try to disassociate ourselves from, from that kind of thing. And, and with us being on autopilot right now, I miss them. I miss the travel uh, and, and the social aspect of them. But business is great. I got you. Yeah. Everybody's scared of the stock market. Yeah, I know. I, you should come to real estate. It's a great spot to, great spot to be. Mm -hmm. You don't have any of that volatility of the mm -hmm. stock market, right? Yeah. And what's going on right now with it, with it performing the way it is, I can't even imagine what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, the billionaires are making billions. Uh, the rest of Americans are losing themselves. One of, my form, one of the other guests I was on, too, uh, he was telling me that he's got some friends that work in Wall Street, and they have been telling him, like, what you saw at the beginning when 
things started going bad was the right foot come down mm -hmm. and now like the inside's all hollow and you don't realize it but like eventually that other foot's gonna come down and like everything right? in the stock market in the financial markets are gonna be like done yeah yeah i mean they're they're propped up with with fake money yeah i mean just like printed federal reserve money. yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's, it's true i, I you know when, it, when we we're talking about in the back of the uh, very beginning when i was working for that that small company uh in the taxing business um i remember when when nasdaq took the big hit after the tech after tech had just come up and everybody was so excited about the internet and everything else and then it just bottomed out uh, and I said, you know what? I'm net. My wealth is never going to be dictated by who the CEO is uh, of of a company. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I was like, no, I'm not not ever going to do that. So, so I was, I was already in the direction of of real estate, but that was just kind of the solidifying factor for me that you know I, I don't I don't own one stock, uh, and I never will uh, because I just I just don't trust it. I mean, real estate's timeless too, right? Like people have been. Trading real estate for ten thousand years, hundred thousand years. Yeah, you know, who knows how long? Exactly, and I mean, and we're making a lot more people, but not any more real estate. Uh, the only place it can go is up, right? <laughs> you know, so um, we're a long ways from that. But but yeah, I mean, real estate. I, I love being in the position I am. Every day is different. Every day is fun. Uh, you know, you run into challenges that are sometimes scary. Uh, but uh, also funny. I mean, some of the things you see in properties, it's like, what were they thinking? You know, whether it's the <laughs> colors they chose or the layout. The like layout, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have one of those right now. I'm like, I don't know how to fix this. Yeah, it's <laughs> like know? weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, you come out of the garage and you go straight into a bedroom, and then yeah, it's 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 nuts. I mean, we get we get really creative sometimes, but and the worst walls are low bearing. Yeah. Always. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Yeah, exactly. It's like a terrible layout. Like, yep. you have to walk through a bedroom to a bedroom. And you're like, can I put a door here? And they're like, yeah, no problem. It's going to be way more money, though. Yeah. Yeah, you can have to put an LVL in there. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. No, we, we run into that those challenges all the time. We had we had one on West 54th. Um, uh, it was, I always tell my wife and I, and at the time I was telling audiences, it was divorce worthy. Uh, she bought it. I walked in there and I'm like, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> and and sure enough, it ended up being one of the most profitable of the year. We had really? to we had to get creative because we got in there and it looked like it just you know it was a lipstick you know it's just cosmetics. And then we started pulling some walls down and the place had just been chewed up by termites. Um, so it's like you know shoot, somebody just come in here with a match you know just don't tell me yeah. and and. and uh, you know, we had to salvage it, so we put an extra eighty. We bought it for thirty. We put an extra eighty thousand dollars into it, and we added a huge master bedroom uh, with an extra bathroom. And we sold that for one eighty nine. Uh, so, I mean, it was those are kind of the creative things that you got to do. But you know, also to the point, a lot of individual investors that want to get into this business, they might not have the flexibility to do that. Yeah, um, that's something we tell our clients a lot: is that we can take a loss. But if you take one on your first deal, you may be done. Yeah. You know? Uh, so on that project, it was a client's. We didn't bill him for that extra $80,000 until we sold the property. Uh, it just it came out of our pocket. Um, so when you, when you are doing these workshops or, or going to these things, that's, that's something you got to keep in mind is, is uh, uh, you know, it, everything has a surprise. There's not a property in Savannah that doesn't have some surprises to it. <laughs> we have... We have um, we have one. It's it is hilarious. Actually, now we have two. It's hilarious. They they built the 
the foundation and clearly their modular homes that, yeah. were, that were brought in. They built them backwards. So like, the, what do you mean? So the back doors are in the front of the yard. <laughs> and the what? front doors are in the back. Why? Because <laughs> like, they just built them wrong. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I have to give you the addresses. They're per- they're pretty funny. Uh, like but- the whole community's like that. No, just the two we bought. <laughs> which, which is funny, you know. We had those two, and then I've seen it once, once before. Um, you know, we were we were in Augusta for for a while while they were building up the cyber crimes um, facility in, in Augusta. Yeah, had one up there too. I was like, how does that happen? You know, somebody's got to have the blueprint, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and but- then. It's like uh, one time I was working on this great. I used to work in construction when I was first when I was first eighteen, and uh, we were doing this great big project. It was like a hundred and fifty room multi or uh, assisted living facility, mm-hmm. and it was built like in a U shape, right? Well, off the back of it, if you look at it, there was like a, a the peak, roof peak, and then they had built like a second peak on the inside, and they were supposed to do that on both sides of the U, right? They forgot a peak on the left side. <laughs> they just forgot like the whole peak. We were done. Like they were going through and they were look, like, wait a minute. Like, hold, <laughs> hold on. We missed something. Yeah, we missed like, like <laughs> it's so funny. Luckily, it was on the backside, so you really couldn't tell. But like, and the owners never said anything. But like, if you, if somebody had looked, if the, one of the owners had just picked up that blueprint of the back of the building, what right? it was supposed to look like, like they on. would know now that oh. there's like, <laughs> hey, there's an extra $50,000 profit for us. We didn't have to finish that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how many Raptors that was, but yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just I, uh, I, I, I. It's one of the reasons I love this business is you walk into some of these places and just go, "What is going on here?" Uh, you know, there was one we had here on the south side, uh, and um, you went in and it was just like daily inspirational comments all over the walls all over the house just with just random sharpies what yeah just random sharpies all over the house where they had just written like where they you think i don't know a little yeah i mean clearly they had to be a little nutty <laughs> but yeah i mean it was it was i mean we're walking through reading these like wow this is weird you know it's like okay yeah i mean, it was it was right here off of montgomery crossroads you know i mean in a decent neighborhood so it's like i don't know if maybe they just had aged a bit and maybe a little dementia kicking in but i mean it was eight foot walls up on top all the way from the yeah floor seeing bathroom all over the mirrors all over the shower everywhere it's just inspirational sayings it was the crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 we've seen some crazy stuff i mean did they lose their house they must not work that well um yeah exactly they spend too much time writing yep. and not enough time doing exactly i think so it's, it's like it's like you know when you go onto the island in hilton head where i am uh and right before you turn to go to, to go to my neighborhood there's a psychic in it and uh and a little broken down shack and it's like well clearly you didn't predict that for yourself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't see that coming yeah <laughs> What's the, um, speaking of all these, like, what's the most difficult deal you've ever had to do? Like, is there one that stands out in your mind, like, wow? Or um, which one was the biggest loss? I don't know if you're comfortable talking about that, but, like. Um, biggest loss? We haven't done real bad. Um, honestly, the ones in the landing is going to be our biggest loss. Uh, we'll be upside down on those probably $200,000. Uh, and we just cannot figure out for the life of us why they're not selling. Um, they might not be a loss for long, though, right? Like, that story isn't over. Right, yeah. yeah. So, like, it's the one that's, like, like the story is, like, <laughs> right. closed. Um, 
loss for us. Uh, I mean, most of them, if we lose, it's usually like ten, fifteen thousand dollars. So, okay. so, so they all kind of all just kind of go together. I mean, we had we had one uh, two summers ago. Um, my wife and I went big for ourselves. Uh, we bought a beach house in foreclosure. We bought it online, sight unseen, uh, in Hilton Head for two point three million dollars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right, sight unseen, sight unseen online. Yeah, so so we bought that, uh, and it appeared to be a really good buy at first, uh, and then you know we started pulling the walls apart, and again termites. Um, and in Hilton Head, you, I mean, you can't lift a finger without the town knowing about it. Oh yeah. So and I'm so, sure I have to get permits for every single little thing. every single little thing. Yeah. We had, we had used a hard money loan on it so we could leverage the capital that we had into it. Uh, and, and thankfully, um, you know, it, it ended up costing us, we were out of budget about $80,000, but we didn't lose on it, but I sure thought we were going to, um, because it was one of those situations where we bought it in August and we needed to be ready for season, uh, because it was oceanfront. Uh, we wanted to, to get it sold, uh, because, you know, the interest only on a, you know, on a. $2.3 $2.3 million loan is still pretty stiff. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we, because of the termite situation, we were behind 60 days. Um, so we came, we came on market a little late and we said, okay, well now we're stuck. Uh, so now we have to keep it, uh, which we did. We kept it and, and we were able to rent it for you know, about $15,000 a week. Uh, so we make good money oh, on yeah, it. Yeah, that's not bad yeah. at all. But I thought we were going to be completely upside down on that deal. We ended up making, um, again, I'm opposite of what your question was. <laughs> but we made, a, we made a 97% profit on that place. When you went to press the button, were you like tripping? Yeah. Yeah, it was like 10.30 at night. I had had a few like, cocktails. Like, were you guys like, all together? Like, was, you and your wife? Yeah, you're like, yeah. uh. I mean, we're watching TV on the computer, and it's like... Oh man, okay, it's a two, it's a two one. How much further are we going on this thing? <laughs> you know, we'd seen we'd seen the realtor pictures of it. It was ugly. It was yellow. It was dated, uh, and and just a mess. And and yeah, I mean, we had we had had a few drinks, and it's like, all right, we'll go to two four. We'll go to two four, and, and luckily it stopped at two three. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You know, like I always think about that. Like. Um guys that are uh, farther ahead than than us you know like mm-hmm. uh, think about some of them guys on wall street and stuff that are moving like hundreds of millions of dollars yeah like you think they get nervous when they press that button or you think it's just like a walk in the park like because i bet you if you press the button right now for 2.1 it's not gonna feel you know it's gonna feel significant but not nearly not, as crazy yeah. as it was that day right? yeah exactly like, every like, time it's gonna get easier yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah you know i mean it's that's funny because because we have we have a client that um uh, he's got he's got a big hedge fund. He's probably got probably got about ten million parked with us, um, and he he is still he's just one of those guys. You know he's he's a control freak. He's on top of everything. Every deal makes him nervous. You know if if it hasn't flipped in six months, he wants it off his books. Um, great guy, but but you know just just to go to show that you know even though he's I'm, I'm guessing the fund is probably a thirty million dollar fund, but he's he's every deal he is equally as nervous as the first deal really yeah and he's done at this point he's done hundreds with us uh also i mean that's none of his own money right no so that does make it well now they're leveraging from um from a bank in louisiana so they've got to have they've got to have 
some tied into it. I didn't it. know there was banks in Louisiana. I didn't know they did right? That yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I can't even remember what the name of it is. <laughs> uh, I better be careful. I'm just kidding. Right? Uh, <laughs> right? So what is your guys' strategy then exactly? So that's kind of interesting. You said that he invests with y'all. So, like, how does that work? Like, do you have, like, a fund and, like, people pour in the fund? Or is it, like... Uh, you just manage deals for people or like how does that work yeah so it's kind of convoluted and it goes back to the tax lien model um so when we got when we started years and years ago um it was an sec violation to have a fund um if it didn't register that fund obviously uh so what we did was if you're a servicing agent uh it's it complies with sec laws uh as long as all the investments are in the client's name so that's essentially how everything works so it's not a pooled investment every investment with us is is essentially we are a servicing agent we make a commission of anywhere from 30 to 35 percent of the net profits of sale um so so everything we do is performance driven uh, and, and it's in the client's name. Essentially, they send us the money. We make the investment. We handle all the headaches that go along with the investment. Uh, once it goes to closing with the closing attorney, uh, we're listed on there just like a closing cost of, of what get paid, gets paid to us. That money comes to us. The rest goes to the client. Um, so it's, it's, it's very clean. We just say it's a passive way of investing in fix and flips because there's so much profit in it right now. But, you know, there's only so many people that can actually do it for profit. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's so many resources you have to have, so many tools in the chest uh, that you need to make it work. Um, so that's essentially what we do now on our own stuff. Uh, we, we leverage hard money. Uh, so, so if we're buying that $2.3 million, um, you know, we put 20% of that down. And, and we leverage the rest of the capital, uh, which is how we're able to come up with a 97% profit on it because we've only used $400,000 of our own money. Right. Um, so that's, that's on our deals. Uh, we're actually closing on a condo. We did that with, uh, it was supposed to be a flip in Hilton Head. Uh, and condos in Hilton Head are, are um, mostly for the Canadians. And uh, they come down in February and, you know, want to buy in the spring. Well, we were all completely shut down. So, again, we missed that mark. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's still hard money. And we rented it out all summer, made some money. So we decided we're going to keep it. Uh, so we're closing. We're swapping it from hard money to a traditional mortgage um, this week. And so you just do like 30 years on those? Cause it's just like all about cash flow at that point, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So you don't think about things in terms of like the overall picture. You're thinking cash on cash return. Yep. And that's how you think about everything? Yep. Yep. Cash on cash return. It's all about margins. Everything's about margins. You know, whether it's, whether it's a flip or it's a buy and hold, it's all about the margins. You know, I mean, when, when you, again, you go to these expos and you see these guys up there touting, you know, well, this thing, the cap rate on this is 8.1%. I'm like, that doesn't make me excited at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not cool. Somebody's paying off my mortgage, but, you know, that 8% a year? Blech. You know, so, so, I mean, we have to be north of 12 um, for it to be exciting. That's what I think is so weird about the multifamily space. <laughs> like, everybody's rushing to get there because the economy is a scale. But, like, if you look at it, like, at a micro level, like, you're only getting, like, what five six caps on a lot of those big multifamilies? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like even if you get in like a smaller multifamily, like you said, you might get eight percent. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to have 150 doors to make that work, you know? Yeah, and I'm like, I get, like, the cash flow is significant. Yeah. But, like, percentage-wise, it's really not. Like, if you built out that same infrastructure in a single-family portfolio, like, your cash-on-cash return would be significantly more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It just takes patience and time, right? Multifamily's immediate. Yeah, it's immediate, but, but, you know, it's still, you've got vacancy rates, you've got tenant issues and yeah you hire a property management company to handle all of that for you but still that's what's driving it down to five percent for multifamily um you know we're doing a we're doing a quad um uh, on on the west side right now and it's for an investor uh but you know we're debating buying it from the investor because uh you know the the caps on it are going to be astounding right um but again it's because we bought it for you know as a trashed out, junked out property, yeah. uh, in the intent of flipping it, uh, but you know, the economy is changing and and the strategies are changing. It's like, you know, this would be a good one to add to the rental portfolio. Do you guys do um, any new construction at all? Like, so, have you thought about that even? We are about to test that theory here okay. real soon in Garden City. We have Garden City. We have a five acre property out there. Um, it's got, it's got one house, it's got a beat up house sitting on it that, that we fixed up, thought it would flip quickly. Again, we had cash flow it. Uh, but you know, it's location wise, we could put seven or eight homes on it all around a really nice pond. Uh, it's already plumbed out. Um, so it, it wouldn't take much to do it, but it, it's like, it's one of those things. It's an unknown. We've never done it. That's not really our, you know, some people like to grill. Some people like to bake. <laughs> <laughs> some people like to build subdivisions. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm not a baker, you know, so I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to find out what happens here. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking with a, con- with a contractor here in, in town uh, about doing that. And, you know, he says he can get it done for about $95 a square. Um which is not bad. Not bad. That's cheap. Yeah, that's cheap. So, so you know, we're we're kicking the can a little further down the road. I mean, we discussed putting mobiles on it. You know, a lot of different things. Um, and uh, it was finally like, all right, we can build this out. You know, it's it's a nice property. So let we'll see. I suspect that them guys out out in Pooler and uh, out two hundred four and all that stuff are making a killing because like those are going up all the time. Yeah, yeah. So obviously there's money to be made there, right? Developing yep. and building and exactly. Yeah, it is. Uh, like, does it make you real nervous, or like you feel pretty confident? Like, how, what's the process of getting into something like that? Like, what do you have to do? How'd you even think of that? Like, just you were had just, like, to looking... swallow it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it 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 was it was honestly it was what else are we going to do with it you know yeah. i mean it's 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 one of those properties that you get really excited about when you get to it uh because it's 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 just it's really cool with this one kind of dumpy house on it um and we thought that it would it would sell quickly um it cash flowed very well uh but um you know the street it's on it's not the best street in the world. I mean, there are some mobiles on it, but again, this is five acres on a corner lot. Uh, so it's very wooded. It's very private. Um, and, and it's got this huge, huge pond with really good fish in it, apparently. Um, <laughs> and again, we, we, we tried everything. It's like, all right, now let, do we sell the lumber? Do we just cash flow it? Do we try to put mobiles on it? Uh, so, I mean, that was the first, the first goal is like, all right, Let's do mobiles. Uh, so let's go and see if we can rezone the area. Well, that didn't work. 
Um, Garden City is notoriously hard to work with. Yep. Which is crazy. I would have never thought that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I think they'd be just like, they're kind of the ones left out of the party, right? Right. Like- yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably what their problem is, you know? <laughs> I think that's what their problem is. Yeah. So, so we, uh, so that didn't work, you know, I like, and so we thought, okay, modular, you know, it's not mobile. It's a real home. Uh, it's just built in a factory. Uh, but you still got to, you know, subdivide everything and, and go through that, that route, uh, which we'll still have to do with this. But then it's like, all right, well, you know, we can do stick built for almost the same price as modular. Um, and, and so, so we're having those conversations now. Uh, breaking ground, my guess would be before the end of the year. But again, we'll see. Yeah, that one makes me nervous because uh, I've never done it before. Right. You know, I've always done distress. This is becoming something I've never been. So we'll see. And I mean, like, uh, well, you guys probably feel this a little bit in the rental side, but a new construction, especially, is the lumber price situation, right? Oh, it's crazy right now. Yeah. So, like, how how are you accounting for that? What do you think is going to happen with it? Do you think it's going to come back? I mean, because I don't. Do you watch like the futures at all? Like, have you seen lumber futures? I haven't watched the futures. I just see how it's impacting us now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, since since all this craziness went down with COVID, um, our prices on, on materials have gone up about 24%, um, which doesn't sound horrible, but it's that's a that's lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. How do you plan around that? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so that, that, that kicks our profits um, pretty substantially, uh, but... Um, do I think it's going to come back? I don't know. We'll have to see who gets elected and yeah. <laughs> and how that all plays out. Uh, Plus, I was thinking, like, we've, I've had this conversation a few times. What I've been trying to work through is, like, if obviously demand is not decreasing, right? right. Demand is staying right where it's always been, maybe more. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a lumber manufacturer and I know I can sell a 2 by 4 for $5.50 each, Mm-hmm. What what incentive do I have even when my supply catches up to go back to two fifty? Yeah, exactly. Like why would I? Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't imagine there's a lot of competition in that space. Like, how many manufacturers could there possibly be for two by fours? Right, a dozen maybe. Well, there's probably yeah, there's probably a few out there. Um, but it's I mean, it's across the board. I mean, obviously, all our drywall comes from China. Uh, you know, so that's that's having an impact with the tariffs. Um, you know, I. It, it, if the bottom falls out of the economy, uh, you know, obviously that's going to make the prices have to come down. Yeah, that might. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's definitely a supply and demand kind of situation. And right now we're demanding a lot of supply. Yeah. You know, um, and there's not a lot of supply. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's 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 cr- it's crazy. It is. It's it's crazy. You know, my, my wife is having a hard time getting her head around it because it's happened so fast. Yeah. You know, it's not like it just creeped up. You like, like blinked and it was like two to five dollars. Yeah. Or, you know, forty percent more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 she's like, Now we gotta get this job done for, you know, this amount. That's what the budget is. I'm like, but the budget has gone up twenty four percent in costs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean that's 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 what we're feeling right now. Uh so so, you know, we'll see. I mean we'll we'll see. It's 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 definitely a interesting time to be an adult in America, yeah. <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> um, obviously, we'll all talk about this year for generations to come. You think there's something significant about this? Like, because I always wonder, like, in the past when things happened, there was not social media, so right. maybe it just didn't feel as big to everybody in the moment, right? Right. But like, 
I wonder if that makes it feel bigger than it's going to end up being, right? Like you get five, oh, 10, yeah. 15 years down the road. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think I think social media is unfortunately one of the best things that's happened to us is also one of the worst things. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it, like you said, it takes, it takes, you know, a thimble full of, you know, issues and, and it turns it into a 50 gallon jug uh you know i mean it's and and i'm guilty of that too i mean i'll oh, yeah. i'll I, I trigger people on facebook <laughs> you know it's just <laughs> it's just the way things are today you know i've gotten to the point where like i get nervous sharing things you know what i mean like right ooh, like you know because i gotta think about you guys gotta always be thinking about your brand i guess kind of right yeah and like so i'm always like is this going to tarnish my brand? Like it shouldn't. Right. Probably wouldn't have 20 years ago. Right. But like it probably really will right now. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I literally just turned off my settings to private uh, maybe six months ago. Um, and I've got some clients that are on my page. And, uh, you know, I always said I'd never do that. But they've been with me for years. They already know how my thought processes work. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's it's. It's it it's your brand recognition, which is unfortunate at this yeah. point. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where you know I can turn off clients and and say no. Yeah. Um. And and you know if they're offended by something they saw on a public page, I don't care anymore. Right. Um. You know, I'm I'm a business person. You don't have to think about my personal thoughts uh, you know you just need to think about your margins uh yeah. you know i mean that's essentially how it works but but yeah the way social media has has played out this year is just absolutely insane insane it is i mean and we're we're all so opinionated because we've been locked up too long and masked up too long and and you know no sports no sports <laughs> no every everyone's everyone's just ready to snap a little bit you know we all need a vacation and yeah. some of us go on them and come back with covid like i did you did yeah so you had it already i had it yep, yep. i didn't even think to ask that yeah i tested i te my wife and i both te we went to mexico hashtag worth it <laughs> um, <laughs> so it wasn't that bad no i mean honestly uh if um uh, if we didn't have little kids, yeah, I'd do it again. You get it is the best sleep of your entire life. All you do is sleep all day, and it's like that really intense wake up, sweaty, good hard sleep. <laughs> I um I have a friend that I work with. Uh, he uh, invests in Indiana, but they live here in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And so he flew up to Indiana. He was in the middle of one of his projects, and he was only supposed to be there for like three days. Then all of a sudden, he started feeling sick. And he got trapped in Indiana for like three weeks. Oh no! All by himself because you know his wife and kids were all here. Yeah. So he's just like, he just like got an Airbnb, contacted him, was like, "Hey, I'm gonna have to stay here for like a few extra weeks." That's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, and I think you know I, I joke about it, but I actually think my wife was patient zero because uh, <laughs> because we went with a bunch of friends uh, and and we all came back uh, with it, and and you know. Our kids had had like a little cold yeah. that had put us off for two days, you know. So we delayed our trip for two days, just being extra cautious. Uh, and you know, we got down to down there, and, and she just she felt fine. She just was hoarse. Yeah. Uh, and and we got back, and a few days after being back, you know, I had probably had eight crown and sodas, thinking it was water. You know, I'm yeah. like. Like, uh oh, honey, I can't taste anything. <laughs> <laughs> and come to think of it, I can't smell anything either. <laughs> like, I think we may have a problem here. And sure enough, you know, we 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 both uh, went and got swabbed the next day, and and a couple days later, 
They're like, you're under quarantine. Yeah. Dang. Like, okay. Like, oh, no. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it wasn't bad. I've had worse hangovers. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to seem insensitive no, to yeah. some listeners, uh, but it, obviously it's different for all of us, but it, it, I think social media has taken advantage of that as well, you know? And, oh, yeah. And, you and, only see the worst stuff, right? And if everybody shares the worst thing, it makes it seem like it's coming. Yeah. Like it's all bad. It's all just complete hysteria, um, you know? And if it, if social media had had this traction and, I mean, it was out, but it wasn't this prevalent. If it had this traction back in 2009, what would we be talking about with H1N1? You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, 80 million Americans were infected with that. Um, or the financial crisis. Yeah. Like yeah. any of those big crises, like yep. what about September 11th? Right. Oh like, man. Like, could you imagine? Can you imagine the conspiracy theories? No, I can't. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank God, social media went around. Yeah. Then. Seriously. Yeah, but uh, I don't think it would have united us like you know, like it did then. Yeah. Exactly. Like, no, it was like it, a blessing that we didn't have that almost. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, that, that was, I mean white black or yellow or green everybody was an american you know everybody had a sense of patriotism and if we had had social media it would have been oh you know uh, bush did it on purpose to get the oil yeah. uh, or cheney yeah. cheney's pushing the bush's buttons you know and it's like Which it came out a few years right yeah yeah it came out a few years later but fahrenheit 9 11 no. right <laughs> but if it if it had come out then you know it would have been next day yeah you know? it would have been, yeah, been next day yeah. and, and nobody would have united the way that they did so so i, I mean again for business i love social media but uh, i mean it's it, it is definitely a, a virus for this country i'm getting off topic <laughs> a little bit but have you guys seen uh have you seen the social dilemma not yet oh it's so good you gotta watch yeah, it. yeah i haven't i haven't been able to bring myself to watch it yet but, that's uh, gonna really freak you out probably yeah cool that's that's uh, what that's you know my dad my dad said that he's he's 76 and uh uh, he's like, once you get on there, you're going to quit triggering those friends of yours. You know, <laughs> I actually deleted like all my social off my phone, like the next day. Oh really? Cause I was like, I don't want to get all those notifications and like hijack my brain. But then I feel realized like they make it eat, they make it hard. Cause like you can't post on Instagram without your phone. Right. And it's like, well, Instagram is like a big part of our brand. So now what do I do? Right. Gotta keep back in there. God dang it. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, I had funny, a true story. I've never been on Instagram. We have one for our business. I've never posted on it. Never. Not once. Not once. Market. Don't, don't start. Yeah. Not yeah. once have I posted on it. Uh, but now when you get on Facebook, I'm on there constantly. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you just can't help it. It's like, what's so and so talking about? You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's a dick. You yeah. gotta watch the movie, man. I'm yeah. telling you, you'll yeah. see. Well, exactly why you spend so much time on there. Right? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's uh, having having the hour and a half to sit down quiet because we have a two year old and a three year old, so a boy and a girl, and they're just absolutely nuts. Um, you just don't have the time, and of course, my wife's like, "Don't you watch that without me?" <laughs> like, I know, I know. Can't remember the last time we sat down and watched a movie together. <laughs> life gets crazy yeah especially with you guys both being involved in real estate i imagine it's like extra crazy yeah yeah i mean as you know you're a business owner yeah you don't get a day off no you, know? you do not get a day off something is always in your brain about work yeah you know? or it's something you need to do i brought my computer to this podcast <laughs> you know uh and it's just it's just the way it is so it's um 
I, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world, but you know, there's, there's, you know, people, our neighbors, they're like, oh, you guys, you guys get to make your own schedules. You get to do this, you get to do that. I'm like, yes, that is a benefit. Yeah. But I don't get to say, oh, it's Friday, it's the weekend. You know? Yeah. I'm gonna call in sick today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna call in sick so I don't have to answer the phone so I can catch up on my emails. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's that's. Being a business owner, I wouldn't, I, you know, I'm not knocking it, but uh, I mean, it definitely comes with, uh, with some headaches too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you gotta figure out, make sure payroll is getting done on Friday. You know, oops, forgot to pay that contractor. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts, but uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. But you don't never get to turn it off. That's for sure. Do you um you spend much time like reading, listening to podcasts, Audible, anything like that? I don't uh, unless it's work related or or you know I I listen to um to some of Rogan's stuff. Uh just don't really have a lot of time. Right. You know just just not a lot of time. Um you know if I if I'm coming to or from Savannah, uh that's really the only quiet time I get. <laughs> uh so so I just don't get a lot of time to to do it. I mean, quite honestly, I probably won't even be able to listen to this one for another That's fine. for another week at least. I mean, I will. <laughs> Uh, I always like to check on myself, yeah. you know, but uh, make sure I stay inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep the story straight. Right? Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I, I keep telling my wife, you know, jokingly now, it's like, you know, you, you lose a thought or something. It's like, ah, it's just COVID brain. It's cool. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's just a moment of lapse for a yeah. second. It'll yeah. come back. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, I mean, it's it, it's it's hard. It's it's really hard at, at our level where we're scaled at at this point. Um, you know, the wife does like I told you in my email. She does a lot of the heavy lifting uh, now. She's she's younger. She's way smarter. Um, uh, and uh, you know, I do a lot of a lot of this kind of thing uh, now. But um, you know, or or I'll do what we call the escalation business, which is handling the hedge funds. Um, or, or if there's, there's a complaint from, from a client, uh, for whatever reason, we didn't get back to them in time or, or whatever, you know, you can't make everybody happy all the time. Right, yeah. Uh, you just do what you can do. But, uh, you know, for the most part, she's, she's, she's the heavy lifter now, which I love. <laughs> love. Are you like a stay at home dad almost? Oh, almost. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Except, you know, this is my second round. So yeah. my patience with little ones. It's real short. <laughs> it's real short. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I pick them up at five. I need to let them loose about six. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I think that, uh, well, I should be careful what I say here in case my wife's listening. But it's, it's a lot tougher, I feel like. Right. I don't know. My wife makes it seem so, it looks so easy. Like, I love my kids and they're great to be around and stuff, but like. Well, thank God, so you, my wife. My wife, thank God, is she's just like me. So she has a very short fuse. Okay. And you know, and she's she's. Uh, I always say she was born a communist, raised a socialist, and and now is a is a, a Republican. <laughs> um, so 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 she's got she's got a lot of these little traits in her, you know. That, yeah. But but one thing is is she's she's just she's driven. Uh, so, so if these kids are mommy, 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 and yeah. she's trying to put something together, she's just like, shut up. <laughs> oh, mommy needs a drink. <laughs> Have you ever had a hard time? Um, like, especially in the early years when you were building this, like balancing like family and work and like all that. Yeah, it was, re- it was really hard. Um, uh, because you know, I would do, uh, I mean, I was literally working 
18 hours uh, a day because I was trying to spend time with the kids uh, as well as you know have to supplement the income getting started. So I built the, the PIP brand uh, and did all of that administrative work after all that. So once everybody went to bed, uh, then I did everything late at night. Uh, thankfully, my partner at the time, uh, he, he, uh, he was a night owl. And he was in California, so it was very productive, <laughs> you know. So he would be on at four o'clock in the morning, you right. know, our time, and uh, so it actually worked out really well in, in that instance. But it, yeah, I mean, it's it was hard to balance. It's still hard to balance because you know I'm, now I'm kind of set in my ways, uh, and and when you bring two little guys, uh, a little guy and a little girl into the into the picture, uh, and you're used to jet setting and doing all that, it's like all right. We're gonna change things again, you know, and and I mean it's great. I, I love I love my kids to death. They're they're super sweet and awesome, uh, but uh, but it is hard. It is hard, you know, to to do that. Uh, and and like I said, you know, we used to do a lot of traveling. Now the company is is on autopilot, so it um, financially it just it doesn't make sense. And then you have these two kids that make you feel like crap when you leave town for a night. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so 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 we're not doing a lot of that. I mean. We'll come down to Savannah and and take a you know do all our site inspections and whatnot because we both still do that to keep the project managers in check. Uh, and and I don't know if you've been there yet, but the new JW Marriott is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Riverside. Yeah, it's amazing. You know that guy's from here. Is the he? The guy that developed that. Really? Yeah, the Kessler collection. He's uh, he was for originally from Rinkin. Now he lives on Forsyth. Really? Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing development. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So so we'll escape. Uh, we stayed there for the first time a couple weeks ago, but we'll we'll make that escape uh, at least a couple week a couple of nights out of the month uh, just just to kind of reset things. Yeah. Uh, and and plus, I mean, our work is down here, so so we have to. That's what she's doing as we're speaking. She's out there kicking around some project managers because things aren't getting done on time. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> is this uh, your primary market then now? Like Savannah? Yeah. yeah. Savannah, uh, we, once this, I mean, we're, we're amping up in Illinois as well because, I, I again, I see that as being a great cash flow market that's coming back. So we're amping up in the tax liens there, but we've scaled back. We were in Greensboro, North Carolina, um, Augusta, Georgia, and here. Uh, so we have scaled back Greensboro and Augusta and focused all our attention here. Um, one, it's close to home. But two, uh, it, it's there's enough opportunity here to go around, uh, and uh, you know, I, like I said before, I see it as being a good ten-year run. It's always good to have in this circumstance all your eggs in one particular basket. Um, yes, we're buying stuff for cash flow and and having the flexibility of fix and flip as well. Uh, but to have all our crews now in one place, uh, that we have the luxury of just running around. Uh, and, uh, you know, in, in a two day period of time and checking on all these properties and all these, all these contractors, uh, it's been pretty nice, especially with having two small kids. Yeah. Um, you know, we were debating how we were going to do that. You know, do we move her mom over and take care of them? Do we need to get a net jets account to be yeah. able to fly with them? You know, it's like, I mean, that's crazy money, but, uh, you know, it was, it was like, how are we going to do this? So, you know, so there was a lot of reasons, but but the biggie is again. It goes back to when I said recession-proof event investing. There's a lot going on in Savannah 
that uh, it's gonna it's gonna recover through any given market that that's coming our direction, uh, one way or the other. Whether it's flip or whether it's cash flow, Savannah has got a got a good backbone right now, uh, and it wasn't here five years ago. So yeah, it, it is here now, and. You couldn't time to having kids and then operating in your own backyard like any better. Right. Yeah. And then that was completely by accident. <laughs> <laughs> completely by accident. <laughs> so it, it, it worked out great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally, ha- I haven't been to Illinois in almost two years. Really? Yeah. So that just totally runs itself. Yep. No problem. No problem. Yep. Just runs it runs itself. Um, and, and again, I mean, we're using the same uh, bidders as, as we did 20 years ago. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. So It's, it's hard for me to imagine... Like, I know big companies do it, but I hear about this happening all the time in real estate. But it's hard for me to imagine just, like, having an operation in another state, and it just, like, works. Works, yeah. 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 I mean, we have we have our, our, our issues, of course, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it is. It's just, it just, it runs itself, uh, and, and uh, it, it's nice. It took a long time to get it there, uh, and there was a lot of headaches and, and you know, a lot of I'm sorry's. To get it there, but <laughs> it's there now, uh, and 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 for the most part, Savannah's. Listen, you're always going to have issues with contractors. I mean, they're contractors because they weren't able to listen to anybody but themselves. Right. Um. And and that that is always our biggest headache uh, is is contractors. But you know, by us still being the boots on the ground, if you will, uh, that, you know, from the executive branch, Lane and I still go out and do this. Um, it helps a lot, keep them in check. And, and I mean, they don't have to go look for their next job, you know, as long as they do what's right. But that also becomes problematic because they get complacent. Uh, you know, they're like, Oh, well, you know, I've got it. I've got this job coming next week. And it's like, well, no, you've got a week's worth of punch luster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's what happened today in, in Port Wentworth before, before I got here was, uh, was, uh, you know, it was supposed to be picture ready tomorrow. I'm like, eh, well, you guys are a week out. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to make your paychecks next week, but you know, or pay your guys next week, but well, there's nothing coming from us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually learned like a hard lesson about that when we first started about like paying guys like before it's done. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's a lesson you had to learn, but uh, it is. It is. Yeah. You know. Now, now we do uh, the other one. This is this is this is probably one of the best pieces of advice I can give. Is is um, you've got the ATAC right, which is. Um, Amendment to address concerns, blah, 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 uh, when you go to sell the property. Uh, we had contractors that were not completing certain things that they knew would get caught on the inspection. So they could then go back and charge us for, for change orders on the ATAC. Yeah. Uh, and that would, that would just absolutely knock us down. So now what we do is we, um, we hold back a certain percentage, uh, whether it's 2000 5000 whatever the job is. We hold that back, and then we send in our own inspector um, before we even list the property. Uh, you know, they don't have to go in and do like a, a heavy inspection. Uh, just go in and say, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Uh, and then we send back that contractor and say, hey, this is what popped up. Go finish this, and then you get your last draw. Um, I mean, it costs us $125 for uh, you know inspe- a, a licensed inspector to go give us an informal bid or informal inspection. Uh, and, uh, and that has helped tremendously 
to, to keep these guys in check. Now, the guys that were doing that, they don't work for us anymore, obviously. Right, yeah. once, once we caught them uh, that they were doing it intentionally, uh, they were let go. But, um, I mean, that's, that's, I mean they're, they're sneaky, sneaky guys. You know? I mean, some of them are really good stand-up guys. We've got a couple of crews that are all ex, ex-military, and they're awesome. Um, but even they get a little complacent sometimes, and, and uh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's going to take an extra three days and this many hours, and, and well, that's not what you budgeted me, so right, yeah. uh, that's that's not it. I'm like, is it a change order? Well, no, okay, then it's on you, not me. <laughs> so, I mean, you get that a lot. Um, so that's normal. Guys try to, like, negotiate you up after they've already agreed to a price. Yep. Almost every single time, almost every except for our seasoned crews, the ones that have been with us, they know. They again, they get complacent, but they they know we're no nonsense, and they'll get another job right behind that job. Um, but you still got to be there because as soon as you're not there, and just like them, as soon as uh, you you see it, as soon as the guy in charge of the crew leaves. The crew stops working. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we, we had a hard time explaining that to a lot of our, our crew leaders or, or the GC, if you will, that, hey, if you're off running around grabbing materials in the middle of the afternoon, nothing's getting done, you know, and your time management is going to cost you. And at the end of the week, you're not going to be able to pay the hours that you owe these guys for. And you're going to try and tack on something to make us pay for it. I had a contractor one time. We were just testing them out to, to install uh, 24 two-by-fours. He was charging us, just to do a little frame-up, uh, he was charging us $2,800. I'm like, oh, so you didn't make payroll this week? <laughs> like, you kidding me? <laughs> That's like $300 worth of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you, um, I asked this because it's kind of relevant. In the beginning, how did you know what things were worth? What to price things, whatever. Like how much, you know, how did you know what um, was a fair price to pay a contractor for a job? Um, that's a good question. Uh, in the beginning, you know, you didn't really have Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't just hit Google. Um, I guess it was probably a trial by fire. Uh, so I would work on a lot of these jobs initially. Uh, and get my hands dirty in them. Um, you know, when we first moved down here to Savannah, it was literally my crew. Um, so, so I had a carpenter, I had a do it all guy, I had a plumber, uh, you know, they weren't licensed, uh, but, but they were just good, hardworking guys. Uh, so I think probably just from, from that, I got an idea and a feel of, of how many hours went into a job, roughly what, uh, a contractor is paid at which level, um, you know, and at that point it was 15 to $18 an hour for a, a pretty decent skilled tradesman. Um, and, and just based it off of that going forward. Uh, and then more recently, as we scaled up, you can't really look at it on such a, a micro scale. So then we just said, okay, for what this requires, it's $35 a square foot. Uh, if it's, you know, knocking out walls and reframing, it's 35 plus another 15 a square foot. Uh, so that's how we look at our bids when, when they come in. Uh, you know, we still, to this day, regardless of who they are, we make them bid the job uh, and budget the job and, and on every single job. So, so they know how the numbers need to come in uh, based on 
what they did on the last job. So then in part of your buying process, do you um, do you wait for all those bids to come in before you buy the property? Or obviously, I mean, you got to be quick in real estate, right? Yeah. So like you can't wait. So like how do you do that internally? So because of what we buy, you can't see the property. So you don't even know what you have until, yeah. you, until you actually have the deed in your hand. <laughs> uh, you know, so we have a saying, buy right. You know, yeah. you always got to buy right. You always got to expect the worst. And then you're a winner when it's not that bad. Right. Um, you know, as an example, uh, you know, during the last recession, uh, air conditioner compressors uh, were a big issue. They were always being stolen. Uh, and, and we take that into account today that the entire HVAC is going to need to be replaced. And then you're pleasantly surprised when it doesn't. Right. Um, so that's, that's uh, one, of the, one of the things that we do. Um, I forgot the question. What was the question? The question was, uh, oh, dang it, Charles. <laughs> right? No, I asked you, uh, oh, yeah, you got to be quick in real estate. Okay, so yeah, okay. How so, are you, like, factoring all that on your own? Because, like, you can't obviously wait for a uh, estimate. Right, yeah. right. So, so as soon as, jeez, <laughs> right? <laughs> so as soon as my, my phone's buzzing in my pocket, distracted me. So as soon as we have acquired the property, we walk in there with our, we have, we have one project manager that oversees all the crews as well. We walk in there with him, and we say, "Okay, what's what do you think the budget's going to be here?" Uh, and and that's that's how we start, and then we'll assign it to who we would like to work on it, uh, because everyone has their idiosyncrasies. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, so we'll get their bid. If it's not right, then we'll go to the next guy. Um, because it is it is time is money. Some of our guys are slow, and inexpensive, and their work looks good. Uh, some of our guys are fast and sloppy. Um, so, so it's, it's, it's a balancing act really. Uh, you know, we have, we have a Victorian we're doing right now and I literally had to pull the guy off of it. Uh, it, it's pretty funny. We put an addition on it, uh, a new master bedroom and a bathroom. It is currently right now, as we speak, that thing is completely held up by two four by fours. <laughs> what? I won't even walk in the room. <laughs> Holy cow. I'm like, you know, Jimmy, this is a really nice addition, yeah. <laughs> but there's no foundation yeah. under it. <laughs> that isn't going to work, man. So, you know, he, what does he, he do? How do you fix that? Like, do you have to tear the whole addition off and rebuild it? No, you can go in there with and, and, and build the foundation up from, from under. You know, but it's so crazy. But again, it's something I that you know, it's one of those funny things that happens in the business that you never thought you'd ever see. It's like how how did you do this? You know, how how is this not not falling down? Yeah. You know, I mean it's literally I I, I wish I had a picture of it, but it's it is so funny. Uh so so obviously that guy doesn't do additions for us anymore. Right, yeah. Um but he's a great framer. I mean he can put he can frame a house in three days. Uh, so, so you just kind of pick and choose and balance how, but they're how you not do foundation that. guys. They're not foundation guys. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. He can frame, frame it. Yeah. As long as it's on the ground. Yeah. But it's, it was, I mean, but it was, uh, it's like, you got to get out of here, man. This isn't going to work. This has to be like perfect. Right. You know, yeah. For Especially in those Victorian. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah, it's a, that, that's a funny one. I'll have to send you the picture. All right. It's, yeah, uh, definitely. It's, it's pretty good. I'll yeah. post it up so you guys can see. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, you'll love it. It is. It is. I mean, I, I go by there now and I'm like, wow. You know, cause we haven't, we haven't remedied it yet, but, uh, it's like, God, wow. Wow. You actually did that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, 
I guess we'll kind of transition towards like the end part. And then, uh, mm-hmm. so what? Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? What are you watching? What? Where are you getting more information? Right? Because obviously, like, are you still? You know, it's funny because when I first started asking this question, I thought everybody would have somebody. But like a lot of guys that have been doing this for a long time, they're like, honestly, I don't listen. To I just do. Right. So if that's like that's an acceptable <laughs> answer, but if there is anybody, I was about to say I listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the most for the most part, it, it, it's true. I mean, I I I, I bounce ideas off of um, uh, a lot of the other folks in our industry. Um, I saw this opportunity of I won't call it an opportunity, but when COVID happened, um, I saw the ability to start leveraging our experience with hard money lenders. Yeah. Um, so, so we come up with new strategies that are unique to our business, uh, that enable, um, as you probably know, uh, like hard money rates are based on your experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so if you're able to leverage our experience, uh, then obviously you get a better rate. Uh, so, so, you know, you bounce ideas off of a lot of the hard money guys for things like that. Um, you talk to them about what they're seeing is going on in the industry. Uh, and for the most part, like you said, at, at this level, you're kind of all on the same page yeah. uh, as, as far as what's going to happen, what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Uh, sort of thing. So you don't need like a Grant Cardone cheering you on. No, 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 uh, no. But I mean, so I mean, we're we're, we're definitely trying new things. Uh, we came up with this this thing a few years ago, and we really haven't put a lot of thought into it. But we probably will now with what's going to happen to the to the economy. It's called uh, the Hope Program, which essentially it's a way of um, providing home ownership to somebody who normally couldn't qualify for a traditional mortgage. Yeah. So it's essentially it's owner finance. Uh, you repair their credit, make sure they pay on time uh, for two years uh, until their credit's to the point where they can get traditional financing and then you offload it. Um, so we'll probably be spending a lot more time doing that. But as far as listening to other people, not, not really, uh, you know, because I, everyone's opinion is is their own opinion you know i mean even if you listen to some of these these big uh these big money guys or these these big real estate guys um they're not always right you know i I, not to not to get off topic again but we're talking about facebook uh you know this 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 guy that i do like to trigger from time to time um (laughs) he was uh, he's a family friend so so i'll put that out there he uh he posted something yesterday about goldman sachs that 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 said you know if if such and such president uh or uh candidate was elected uh then then the economy recover would be this and I responded, you know, well, Goldman Sachs, aren't they the ones that needed a $700 billion bailout in the last recession? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so I mean, so I, I don't really listen to a lot of, of that stuff because, you know, it's, it's I go based on what my experience has been. Uh, my experience has been that in a good economy or a bad economy, the houses that we buy are first-time home buyer homes, uh, and those are always in demand. Uh, you know, you don't have to put granite countertops in. You don't have to put upgraded finishes in, uh, and, and they're always in demand. Um, from the last recession, what we'll see from this this economy issue is those are going to be the first that that get the stimulus, if you will. Uh, you know, 
Biden's already talking about $15,000 credit for uh, first-time home buyers. Um, Obama did $8,000. Uh, so, so we have always focused our direction in those kind of properties and always will because, the, again, that's what we consider recession-proof. Right. Um, that's why we're sitting on two in the landings you know, for a year now because they required upgraded finishes. And, I mean, we just got outside our box. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it's showing – why we should never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a little extra nervous about Garden City, huh? Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no. it, it really does. I, I mean, think that like... project's going to be great. I think there's a lot of money there in new construction. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, what? So if you were day one you or day one anybody today, what would you tell them coming into this? How do you get started? What advice do you have? Like, um, I would say start small. Uh, I would say don't judge the book by the cover. Uh, and by that, what I mean is, is, you know, there's a lot of opportunity you can pick up in Savannah for $30,000. Um, if you're leveraging capital, um, which a lot, you know, a lot of these workshops are saying you should, uh, you know, be very careful and read the fine print, uh, because some of these hard money lenders are just scumbags. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's some really good ones out there as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I would, I would say just start small and be very careful, uh, with, with, uh, your spending and don't get emotionally involved. Um, that's a biggie. And I've lost on that as well. The, the garden city property, you yeah. know, I lost on that because I put too much money into it. Cause I thought it was so cool that, you know, uh, you know, we, we went overboard, uh, never get emotionally involved. Uh, so many people want to do this because of the 800 fix and flip TV shows that are yeah. out there. There's nothing in reality about that. Um, but people still tend to think there is. Um, I can pick apart every one of those episodes and show you what the actual real numbers of the properties they bought yeah, and sold off. It's on. always interesting. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and what they really put into them. Um, so so on that, yeah, you, you, know, you can't get emotionally involved. You need to get in there and just, you know, rubber stamp it. Same color paint, same appliances, same fixtures if you're doing more than one. Uh, I mean, that's that's what we do. We talked about that two million dollar property. I use the same paint colors in that that I use in thirty thousand dollar properties. Uh, you know, and and that's that's really the name of the game. Is is the biggest is is don't get emotionally attached to your job. It's hard not to because you're potentially life savings are tied up in it. Right. You know, if you're if you're doing your first one, it's it's really hard not to, and it's hard not to stress and try to. You know, put a little extra finish here, extra finish there. But if you're doing first-time home buyers, they don't care. Uh, you know, they just want a home to call their own. You know, and they'll personalize it once they get in. So, um, emotionally attached is probably the biggest thing I always tell customers: do not get emotionally involved in your investments. Um, and it's like, huh? Well, it's my investments. You know, how do I not get emotionally involved? Yeah. <laughs> well, once you do. You're going to lose money. Numbers are not emotional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all about <laughs> margins. It's all about margins. You're going to be emotionally way happier when you close on that thing. Uh, if you're not stressing about paint colors and what color to paint the cabinets and, uh, you know, <clears throat> the type of carpet you should, well, is Berber still in? Well, no, it's not. But, you know, those are, those are the kind of things that, you know, you know, we do have, again, we say our investments are passive. We don't want clients on top of us and and when they do we we do let them go uh, i mean we have some that, that say you know well you should go ahead and take care of the street appeal and put some planter boxes here and do this and do that and it's like dude we haven't even taken the roof off yet you know <laughs> those boxes are going to be trash by the time we do that 
Yeah. Uh, so so you, you want to avoid those kind of things, uh, and and just you know keep your emotions out of it, and and you'll you'll probably do well, uh, and just you know budget twice as much as you think you'll need. Uh, twice as much. Well, you, you just you never know. You know that situation on West West Fifty Fourth. Uh, you know we bought that thing for thirty thousand. Uh, we expected to put about thirty into it. Well, we bought it for thirty, and we put eighty into it. Yeah, that doesn't come up every time. Uh, but but uh, you, you definitely need to have a pretty substantial cushion uh, to make sure that that uh, when it does come up, you can fix it, remedy it, and still make a profit. I think it's a good note to end on. Right. Cool. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. This was fun. We'll see you next time. Yeah, man. All right, man. <laughs>